and welcome back to Black or Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for the season two finale of Southland, episode six, Maximum Deployment, written by David Graziano and directed by J. Michael Miro. I gave this episode an 8.9 out of 10. On one half, I got to see my favorite, at least, duo back together, working a case together, just overall being the the great chemistry relationship that I did recall and remember. And I was starting to think that maybe I had imagined the entire thing. <laughs> As it's been very touch and go, the, the Russ and Lydia relationship. And I know that they're tight. I'm just like... You know, I but I can also see it Shy's way where there's not a lot to that bespokes that particular relationship. In this episode, you see it very clearly, the close bond that these two people have with each other. We had uh, some progression on Cheeky's story with Cooper and Ben. And then we had what was going on with detective salinger and his whole affair that's been going on for two whole seasons it's finally at a at a resolution while i'm not particularly the the hugest fan of that whole entire love triangle i find myself laughing at captain salinger more often than i (laughs) i should He's just a funny guy to me. He has a lot of different complex parts about him. And I think that's the intriguing part about these characters and why I like this series so much. There's no black and white. It is a little gray on all sides of the matter. And with the exception of maybe Tammy, who I think we can all say even in the one like what you call it like why you stick it up for her i'm like hey hey that was one scenario one day ma'am but overall that is the worst character that you just can't see in any perspective except for that one particular time because as shy pointed out last episode you do have control over your life and you need to start doing something about that if this is what your life is about to be so overall, I thought it was a solid finale, even though nothing really happened to the point of dramatics in the finale. But keep in mind, this did go off on NBC at this point, and then it moves to TNT. And I think that's one of the best things this show could have done. Uh, so it was almost like a catch-22. It's the same thing with Amazon or sci-fi and amazon when they canceled the expanse and then prime picked it up and like everything became so much more crystal clear <laughs> and it's not that it was doing bad on its previous network it's just with that additional allowance of it not being on a network station and on cable you're allowed to go a little more grimier a little bit more into these characterizations so i like that this show doesn't make it easy for me to pick and choose it is a complex life that these people lead so we're gonna start with the um with the salinger story arc because that's the least interesting (laughs) um we start with him 
at a crime scene him talking to the boys about the fact that he's taking his wife captain susan salinger that now outranks him to dinner and celebrate her promotion he's also getting calls from mia once again and i'm not sure why these two especially after he treated you why you had like why did you like i want to see you again he's like i want to see you too i can tell this is a game they've both been playing for however long for whatever reason it's unhealthy but it's also like i'm looking at her and i'm looking at him like seriously what is it about him that makes you go that crazy go that hard for him and he's not even a catch you're ugly you're disgusting i'm gonna kill you give me two hundred dollars he's not even sugar daddy and you up because you bought your own shit so you out here miss independent woman and you want the ugliest motherfucker on the team it's like beyonce with jay-z what that happens it just happens i'm not judging it hey whatever the case may be but sometimes this we're we're humans we're shit people and (laughs) we all got eyeballs okay uh moving on she and he well she is upset about the fact that he's taking his wife out as a family thing and wants to blow his phone up during the entire family thing because that's a control type of shit and he won't turn his phone off though as he should when he's taking his wife out so he's sort of leaning into it and she says who is that oh it's just the boys then as they are celebrating at this restaurant well he buys her some pearls as well they're celebrating at this restaurant and these two police officers are just being obnoxious and (laughs) susan gave him that will now be called the jada pinkett stare so he goes over there and gets physical telling him you know i'm the alpha even though that doesn't exist <laughs> it's a made-up concept <laughs> that we continue to teach and he's gonna toss the guys out and she comes back and she's so self-satisfied right that you care enough the show of affection makes her want to be all dangerous and give him a blowjob in the car to show that despite her being the more powerful of the two he's she still allows him to play the hero and she still plays the damsel by giving him a blowjob but then their stupid ass child calls kimmy who blackmailed her father to letting her go out with this girl named melissa and then she's like yeah so i went out with some guys how many times do you have to end up in a shitty situation before you start thinking maybe i should stop making shitty decisions you're sick so i see something is wrong with you you have a problem and you should have yourself checked yeah well probably i see a light is that you how is that you when you haven't told me where the fuck you are yet (laughs) that line was hilarious though but he's concerned about the rapist out there they finally find her they're upset he's mad or she's mad because she doesn't want to be lectured she lets out the fact that he had an affair there's nothing to be said because she's like fuck you fuck your pearls and in the morning i want you to get the fuck out of my house 
Wow, that was a stupid move because now as captain she has every reason and right to make your life a living hell <laughs> she is going to emasculate you in front of everyone because you have humiliated her and everybody's gonna know because we know if we know anything about this world is people talk so that was that story let's go to the ben cooper and cheeky of it all they're told of a man that's going around impersonating a police officer raping women has raped several women up to this point they know what he looks like he's white blue eyes with the police department's reputation in the past they really need to nip this in the bud so that leads to our episode title maximum deployment ben is personally involved or personally uh, attached to finding this guy and we find out why a little later on john is in a shitty mood from jump he wakes up he puts on his back brace and he takes his pills he also did the voiceover i believe at the beginning where it was something like officer ben is about to see you're only as strong as the the person that you roll with which leads to a situation that is uh very much like the one in which cheeky just got herself out of cheeky is still being benched <laughs> to her displeasure where first they are going through a parking lot john points out the obvious that all of this maximum deployment shit is just gonna scare the guy off um you know this is more for a hand job for the press as he puts it amen to that shit but cheeky thinks this will work he's like bullshit this is not gonna work and then the last time that someone took out someone just like this it was one guy freezing in a fucking alley on an instinct for two weeks it's gonna be a lone officer someone committed that's gonna take this guy out and you can see you can tell immediately that ben and <laughs> ben and john both want to be that person that to test testosterone is uh is definitely going through both of their veins about catching this guy they take it personally of course because he's impersonating a police officer so they all take it personally and the rapes have happened multiple times in their particular zone so they're very pissed off about this and you know they want to be they want to be what they are they're men <laughs> not saying nothing's wrong with that but it things like this definitely get them all up in they all up in their feelings this is why they fucking signed the fuck up right they want to be the 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 right of all wrong injustices nothing wrong with that once again need to clarify that in case someone does that no it's not what i'm saying listen carefully but cheeky is uh, more she has more faith in the justice system which in john's eyes is another problem like you where 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 the fuck has this new <laughs> cheeky come from and can she please go away they are flagged down by a woman who locked her keys in the car and he's like what would you like me to do about that ma'am uh 
Well, don't you have a master key? Oh, hell no. You can just tell John is so done with white women. <laughs> he shows more respect and courtesy to street hookers than he does to regular citizens of los angeles particularly anyone that's in a uh who, who he deems as entitled but ben rightfully jumps out the car and says look there's a rapist around pop the fucking hood and he's like good point <laughs> then they go to the one of the one of the what repair shops John is sent to ask, or Ben sent to ask questions. Cheeky is to stay in the car. He's like, did you give any thought to the conversation about, you know, being in communications and some shit? She's like, no. Why you, why you gotta be like this? Why are you calling me a shit cop? I'm a good cop. He's like, I don't know. She's like, are you saying just because I didn't disagree? He's like, no, I just, I don't know what the fuck it is about you right now, but maybe it's the way you carry yourself. <laughs> She's like, John, I'm tired of this bullying and gets out the car only for Ben to come back and say that there was no leads and we should go. <laughs> they then run to the scene of where the most recent crime has occurred or close to that scene. Because as they were given the assignment for the day, we see that a woman is pulled over by a detective. She has a baby in the backseat of the car. She considered not pulling over, but of course, this is a police officer, so she does. He gets her out of the car, which that would have been the first sign to me. I'm like, nah, you don't never ask me to get the fuck out of the car. <laughs> I might have started, keep running at that point. Um, like, do you got a gun? Is it? But I know that's the one thing. If you're getting stopped for a ticket, you is not asking me to get out of the vehicle and he punches her drags her into the into the trees to rape her she's found and she's concerned about her son max ben runs to the rescue and he finds the little boy and it's just in enough time because in this heat you know kids can easily die in their car seats so it's a relief that the baby is okay and you start to you, you like when those things are happening that's when you start to like all oh, these these people are shitty individuals and the things that they have to see or worry about possibly being the next trauma to come which was that baby and doing everything you needed to get there so that for god's sakes that does not happen then that juxtaposed you know all of that adrenaline coming up and, and trying to do the most just to be good against these evil people in the world just very evil it's easy to be casual about it and talk about officers and their abuse of the law but there is that other side that there is a reason <laughs> that law enforcement does exist outside of the reasons it began to exist which is why if you talk to more intelligent people they'll tell you it's like no one's saying that we should just get rid of police <laughs> we're saying reform because some people's like yeah we should do this and like there's a, there's a disagreement on that as well we ain't gonna talk about it on here but there's definitely a disagreement it's like yeah there's all there, there's a lot of there's a lot of crime in the universe and it's some it's tough shit out there that 
you know, human beings are choosing to go into. And of course, that's going to fuck with your psyche in some type of capacity for better and worse. Well, I don't think any of it's for better, but you know what I mean? (laughs) So from there, they're about to get something or John's getting something to eat or no, they take her to the hospital. And I was really surprised because the lady was like you're a detective and that was the one part of the scene that felt very off to me was that not only has she been assaulted by someone she isn't a hundred percent sure is a police officer she's then approached by other police officers she should have had a lot more trauma granted her thinking about her son in that moment i understand but her just talking to to john about the whole entire incident that felt off and disconnected like there surely would have been a female officer there and they certainly would not have been in uniform because they would not want to to re-traumatize her so i thought that scene was just inaccurate <laughs> i'm sure uh or maybe shy has something to say about that but yeah i didn't think because he's like is he an officer no he's not an officer that would have taken a lot to convince her of such he sees a a uh, a nurse oh i forgot that he met with his ex-wife and she brings up the idea of having a baby and wants him to be the sperm donor because they are still close and they love each other despite the divorce and she still considers him family and he says yeah i'll think about it he then sees a nurse named kathleen kathleen gives him some pills he's got a hookup all over the place he just got that soft touch <laughs> with these women and i think it's because he relates and he's able to understand them in a way that a lot of other men do not and so they feel um you know they feel like they owe him something maybe like oh is this all you're gonna ask for me i could do this for you do this one thing and it, he does have a legit back problem and he wants to be out on the street he doesn't seem to have an addiction issue yet (laughs) so uh ben watches him get those pills but doesn't mention anything about it he wants to get back out there cheeky takes note of the fact that he wants to get back out there and he admits to her that his mother was raped so this is personal to him they roll up on a car that fits the description that they are looking for and it's clear it's a uh, sexual encounter going on they are able to let the guy go because it's a lewd act and he's like look it's not him he's dark haired he doesn't have blue eyes like fuck this guy and we'll be dealing with him for an hour if he's lewd act he asks the girl if, if she if he's a regular she's like yeah i vouch for him and so they are back out there on the case and then that's when they get to the scene where john is getting food and she says what the fuck is wrong with him i'm a good cop he's like yeah it's like i'm a good street cop though right and he's like uh yeah i don't like know you that well (laughs) she's like what is his problem i don't know what his problem is cheeky his problem is is that he's trying to push you you are so used to being bullied that you don't have a voice for yourself anymore and that is what he's pushing for her to have is her voice to reorientate herself back to the person that she knows she is 
you saying i'm a good cop is not like you at the end that is showing that you're a good cop which is why he's bullying her and that's the thing if he didn't give a fuck about you and what you were gonna do and you being the good cop he would have told his desk sergeant no this she needs to go he has that much authority in his department to do so but she wasn't getting that and i understand that she needed to learn she needed to understand it for herself she needed to feel it herself she shouldn't need uh ben or or even john to tell her she's a good cop she just needs to be a good cop and he gets her to that point um but it is a point that (laughs) he's not using a soft touch about at all they hear the crash and we're back oriented to the beginning of the episode where they get to the scene and they need to lift the car and as soon as i saw it even in the beginning i was like yep that's gonna be a problem he's able to lift the car except he gets fucked up and we are talking about john he walks off ben notices uh ben drives he tells cheeky to come on in because john is in the back seat just in a whole hell of pain he tells him to take us to to his house because he's like no we can't take him to the doctor like he's all in on this issue he knows what the issue is he's not going to take him to the hospital but they are going to take him home when <laughs> they do take him home cheeky's like who's that guy in his house i don't know why do you keep asking me all these damn questions and john comes out he says i'm going to deduct i can't go back in she's like who's that guy in your living room that's my dealer and just walks off oh oh chill chill baby oh gang full of drug addicts cheeky and ben are in the bar and ben says that it was just a joke because she's like did he really just say that's his dealer (laughs) so casually like that and he's like no 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 that wasn't really his dealer then she's like your partner has problems but i also felt like she was being too high on the horse considering what you just recently went through like i felt when she said you know don't make the same mistake as me that's accurate but for you being so self-righteous the way you're so self-righteous about it no you're not allowed that you have not earned those stripes uh at the end of the episode you do because as she's driving home she recognizes the 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 vehicle she gives case she but chase she chases down the officer and she's able to be the one to make the rest the lone ranger she's gotten her street cred back street cred that both ben and john totally wanted and she says i'm the cop you're not a cop i'm the cop and it would have been more of a powerful statement if she wasn't self-righteous like five seconds before (laughs) but i'm glad for her to have the win because she did need to find herself once again uh and utilize those skills and not just be bullied like you need to be a self-sufficient cop right you should be leading others and i and john even said that when he first like you used to be a good cop (laughs) i'm letting you ride with me because i want you to still be a good fucking cop but if you're not going to be a good cop you got to step the fuck off john's a good cop and he doesn't want to stop being a good cop but now he's compromised because of this pill addiction and i think him fucking up his back the way he fucked up his back is gonna go even worse for him it's sad also that his wife showed up 
and she's like so did you think about after she gives him pills and epsom salt to come take care of him and he shuts the door in her face when it's time for her to get something from him and he's like no but i also think in his mind that i'm in no condition to possibly help raise a child and bring a child into this world and if i do bring that child i'm going to want to be a part of its family what be a part of its life and i know right now at this moment <laughs> where i'm at taking these pills that if i take more than two a day can cause se- severe liver damage that i'm now on a very i think it was just very telling that he's on um that slippery slope where dewey was uh, or dewey began i should say probably right because you know he probably was a good cop dewey himself he even says it like he's always the first one to bust down a door and then that shit catches up to you and then you take one drink you know you go out with the guys you drink you drink it then you all of a sudden need to drink to to do anything to breathe to keep uh inspiring for the day so i definitely like how they are weaving those correlations between the characters even though we haven't seen dewey in several episodes so that pretty much is where we leave ben and john that they're pretty much about to be the cheeky (laughs) and uh cheeky and dewey of it all where they started because she says look i was a good cop too he's gonna bring you right down with you that leaves lydia and russ lydia comes in they caught a new case um a home invasion she is upset to hear that (laughs) her last guy uh what is his name ray is it ray suarez i can't i can't even remember that he went to court and she's like look i don't want a new partner i mean this guy we clicked and uh she's like you'll like this one trust me russ comes out and she's happy to see him he is back on the job and uh, they have been keeping in touch but she has given him that space that he definitely needed dina his wife their marriage is further deteriorating she is in new york trying to sell her blog his life story i heart a cop oh my god what is up with these wives <laughs> either the wife wives are shit or the husbands are shit and so, so he says that he's staying alone he's also like what do you mean you and that other guy clicked it's jealousy everybody's just deciding to be fucking jealous i also realized this is one of the first episodes that they allowed for russ to seem like a competent detective <laughs> i'm like i remember russ being good and in this episode you see exactly how good he is and you see that he also wants to he wants to march to the same beat as his partner and they were a good team together you see everybody's happy to see him back they uh, pat his shoulder that always feels weird to me everybody's just randomly like stop please stop but they're happy to be back on the same page they go to a double homicide um father and mother i guess yeah their grandparents 
they were in bed or no one was killed downstairs the other one was killed in bed using a silencer he goes i forgot you call the victims by their first name and she says come down and look at these defensive marks yeah they both were in the bedroom and he can't look down and look at those to see what she sees and that's that for their first awkward moment and he volunteers to go to the the preschool where the child that witnessed the murder ran to tried to call 911 but the phone was dead and that's a poor that's a sad thing for a kid to have to see and deal with when lydia gets to the preschool the the mother of the child is acting all types of irrational she got to be held back are you a detective i am and i'll let you know when i'm fucking ready i love i love lydia so much <laughs> her tone be just cutting people down real quick because she said have a seat and she sat the fuck down <laughs> that black tone ain't no joke same thing i had to do to the one of my nieces the other day i was like um i don't even scream i just change my tone my octave drops and my serious voice comes on i'm like i could either be the sweetest person you want to meet or i could be mr bad guy you choose she witnesses russ and his interrogation of the little boy because she hasn't built a house shows where his room is he said the green dragon came in and killed his grandparents he takes some red paint and puts it on grandma's face jesus christ lydia goes to interview the the mother she's like i want to see my child i think that he should come home with me she says that child services has him and they decide who he goes home with so there's that also how long have you been a method <laughs> and that your child and that your child witnessed the murder so if there's something that you need to say you need to say it now her boyfriend has a rock solid alibi so he's able to be let go they are able to trace the fabric well first he takes the little boy she goes with the sister and the husband she says that she hopes that her sister burns in hell for what she did to their parents russ further is kind of planted some seeds of insecurity while speaking with the suspect like i haven't fucked up my leg too i was never the same <laughs> after that there's a moment where lydia looks at him and she says you're doing a really good job russ except for the limp <laughs> but uh they're like we're gonna go down to this place there's good tacos there i just love their chemistry i really do and from there they are able to get camera footage of anyone going in and out since this guy has a camera that's working he doesn't recognize however he says people basically go in and out didn't russ say something to her like you're so bad you're good or you're so good it's bad or something to that effect it's probably why she clicked with that other guy like oh i'm used to getting compliments during my day from my partner thank you <laughs> as they are watching and reviewing the footage she says i'm gonna bring you some groceries after work he's like uh i can take care of myself and she's like are you even trying to work it out with dina and he puts down the remote and he's like um what about you 
what about your strings of disasters in which you haven't tried to reckon like don't talk about my shitty love life when you have a shitty love life as well and that's just the people that we are and she just gave him a look and then his his, his little eyebrow at her he's like i always appreciated his family values she's like you know what kiss my entire ass as russ is asleep she sees that the aunt and uncle are the corporates as they're the ones that bought the material she's like we gotta go because children's services just place the child with murderers i will say russ is a little hard on himself here saying i missed it i fucked up he tells her i can't you go but how would you i don't i don't know what you could have possibly done differently maybe interrogate them harder but there was no reason i'm not sure okay whatever but this definitely i think that he was kind of one foot in he wanted it to be like it was before but it's not and uh him being limited in any capacity he probably doesn't feel as if he's the partner that lydia deserves to have whatever the case may be we see them in his home she's bought him groceries and as she's putting them away he asks about the arrest and she's like yeah it was a money situation (laughs) they didn't uh have much but they owned the house and that was enough to kill your own parents shame 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 tells her that he can't do it anymore he is you know he's not cut out for it she tells him there's other places in the department but he thinks that he's done and he tells her i love you lid and she says i love you too russ and that is pretty much how we ended this season of the show we focus on sammy and nate in the penultimate and on the rest of our detectives in in this episode and i cannot wait to get into season three because i believe that's going to be when things really start getting uh deep as shit we do have feedback so let's hop on over to the mailbag Hey, Christina, it's me, Shy. I am here to give my feedback for Southland season two finale, apparently. I was um, taken off guard when I was listening to your podcast for episode five, and you said it was a penultimate episode. So I was like, okay. (laughs) I did not see that coming. And so, I don't know. I guess, I don't know, part of me was, you know, I mean, I guess it's just natural to um when you know something is a finale or penultimate you give it you have different expectations than a regular episode so for this one i mean it just didn't feel like a season finale i mean it's just i i think the was it that ended up being season one that was more of a season finale type feel with um what's his name dang it I'm, i'm drawing a blank right now Lydia's partner. I mean, he was just in this episode. <laughs> and I'm already drawing a blank on his name. 
Um, but yeah, that was when he got shot. That was a season finale. I mean, which ended up being, which I I wasn't prepared for anyway. But this one wasn't. It just felt like a regular episode to me. Um, I mean, and of course it was frustrating at points, which I, I'm coming to realize is what Southland does for me. It parts is some parts frustrating and parts. I mean, all parts good. It just oh my gosh. Again, um, I will note that, um, just um, disclaimer, that as you know, I, I deal with teenagers, especially in my family um, right now. And so just the teenage angst and stuff, the attitude and all that this, this stuff, I understand. So I don't ever want it to be known that I don't understand it's not about me understanding and not knowing the it's just still frustrating it doesn't stop it from being frustrating it doesn't I mean as much as i understand teenage behavior and you know them not you know the executive functioning being the last thing to develop and blah 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 and decision making i get all that i mean i know that i mean on some level but at the same time i this is how i feel when i see this <laughs> when I'm watching this episode. So it's just about that itself. It's just Kimmy. He frustrates me. I can't even with her. It's just so... And then Sal, he frustrates me. Because my thing is, why I thought they broke up. So that that was the thing about this episode that was like, huh? Because I could have sworn... Like, I don't remember what episode. Was it last season? That he broke up with the reporter girl. And so, like, how is he back with her? Like, when did that happen? And then I'm like, another hum moment was finding out that his wife was a cop. Like, was that mentioned before? Because I, no, I had no idea she was a cop. And then they were, like, mentioning how she got promoted to captain. I, I mean, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. If they mentioned that she was a, excuse me, a cop before, I totally missed that. And so it was, yeah, finding that out in this episode, season two, uh, was a surprise, and this is the stuff that I'm talking about. Like we spent so much time on Tammy, a character I could care less about, and we're not spending time on the personal lives of characters that are more I feel are more interesting. Just like I found out in this one, I got a little bit more story backstory about Lydia and her parent. I don't know if it was ex boyfriend, ex husband, Terrell. And I'm finding out. I mean, we got a kind of. I mean, you, you could guess what happened but at the same time it wasn't explored and so until gosh what is the dude's name anyway her partner her former partner and and that's another thing like what is that with Lydia and her partners she had this consistent partner then when he got hurt she she has the Conduro guy and then the Ray guy and then he's not there I'm like oh my gosh it's like a revolving door um so is he gone now or was he just gone for this episode so uh, that was uh, that was very interesting. It's like, can she have a partner? I mean, everybody else has got a steady partner, and yet she has a revolving door of partners. Um, but yeah, finding out that he cheated on her, got the other woman pregnant, and I guess ended up leaving Lydia to be with this other woman. Um, so, I mean, those are still more interesting stories to delve into. I mean, even the Sal stuff, I mean, just the dynamic of what's going on with that. Um, I mean, even though it was frustrating, I'm not going to lie, because um, I thought it was just dumb. 
um, for him to let his daughter manipulate him into going out yet he doesn't know where she's going and he and it's been well established that Kimmy does not make good decisions that she gets herself in these and it's like girl are you ever going to learn are you going to learn I mean again I get that you're young 15 16 however old you are but you keep putting yourself in these crazy awkward positions where you're needing to be rescued it's getting old um, I, that's just me. Again, that's just how I feel about it. It's getting old. Um, seeing that day, you know, in and out, in, day in and day out. So maybe I don't want to see Sal's personal life either. Uh, <laughs> um, so finally, she outs him. I mean, it's like <sighs> Kimmy. Uh, I just it, anyway that it is what it is. Um, then we got John. I'm like John, dude. I, this ain't working i mean you pill hopping you know trying to get pills from this person that person um because you don't want to and i do get this because i this this happened quite often in the military and i still to a certain extent have that mentality um about not you know trying to push through um suck it up you know that kind of stuff that we were even though on the one hand they tell you um tomorrow in the military um they you know to take care of yourself and, and all that good stuff but they look down on you when you go on light duty when you're not able to um pull your weight so to speak and so it's like a double-edged sword i mean they say one thing but then they do another um type of thing um you know being a hypocrite and so i feel what john is doing and why he's doing it but at the same time is you're not you you're making this you're giving this speech to chicky about how she needs to be uh you know off off the streets and doing his desk job but at the same time you're no better because you're not I mean, in a different way. I mean, yours is physically not able to do the handle the job because you're popping pills and you know, do going to dealers to get um, to stay on the job. I mean, to me, that's compromising um, your partner, just like what Dewey did, but in a different way. I um, mean, yet Dewey was just out of control. I mean, he was extreme, but but it can happen with John. I mean, just like what happened today. Or today in this episode with him. I mean, what if there was something serious going on and it was just him and Ben and he, his back went out. So he's been as left to his own devices to fend for himself because you're not in a position to help him. And so that's basically, you know, John, I mean, John Dewey had his addiction, his alcoholism, that was his vice. And for John is this. And so he needs to get himself taken care of just like Dewey did um, and be right. And if that means you can't be on the street, that means you can't be on the street. But it's better than putting yourself or someone else in a compromising situation, which is what we're getting to. And that's what Chicky was talking about at the end of the episode um, is that. And so then we see Chicky save the day is the one that takes down this um cop rapist person um so that was nice so that kind of reinforced to her that she can do this job but she just needs to you know 
like, you know, just believe in herself and have that self-confidence and that self-worth and just establish who she is and not be so timid when it comes to um, um, what she wants. I mean, this is what she wants. This Fight for it. You know, don't let John or anybody else tell you um, what you can and cannot do. Um, but you have to be out there and doing the job, not just, you know, you know, sometimes she just came across that way. But, um, yes, this was a very, this was a good episode. Like I said, it had definitely had me, um, or it should say, gave me food for thought on um, uh, the uh, in the cop thing. That was definitely a worst nightmare type of situation. You think you're, this person's a cop and they end up raping you and all that. So that's all I got. My 10 minutes are up. So next time, much love, peace, and Black Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch, Shine. That was Queen Shy with her thoughts on the season two finale. So in regards to his wife, it was mentioned briefly between the boys giving shit to Sal about it. But and I think it was mentioned also before. You're correct that they did break up, but basically she started calling him again, which makes me feel like she's got a few screws loose mia um (laughs) but some bitches be like this man they just be like this and i'm surprised you didn't uh all the things that didn't that did frustrate you (laughs) focus on the kimmy thing it wasn't the one thing i thought would frustrate you was john talking to a female rape victim um i would say uh with the whole I mean, of course, there's going to be story arcs that you're going to want to see more of than others. I think, though, you know, when it came out, because this is an older show, uh, as far as things in the season two that were maybe a little disconnected, it was just because, unfortunately, they were they just got paid. A lot of things that that you're finding fault with is because of how it was being written at the time like the whole thing with the differing partners you know that's not really a fault of the show so much as it is just a fault of what was going on behind the scenes so on one hand i understand it's throwing you off for the story but i also took it as a jumping point for lydia i think that they always had an intention of because it did happen in the season one finale of course uh that russ would have more of a struggling story arc and that they were going to be swapping her out partners uh until eventually they came to this conclusion i think they were planning on doing a lot more to stretch it out but unfortunately when your show is only picked up because technically this is all the first season even though it's a season one and season two technically this is all of season one (laughs) so knowing that in hindsight watching it for the first time yeah you're not going to get that it just feels like a whole thing's all over the place but it's correct because it was all over the place but i also take it as a stepping stone into lydia's particular growth uh me and my daughter are actually talking about this about the flash <laughs> you you would crack up to hear her opinion she does not like iris um a lot (laughs) particularly when it got to season five or four maybe 
she doesn't like iris's character we talk about certain things and it, it opens my idea or my mind to the idea that sometimes we can assimilate based on our own biases right it's always this has nothing to do with what you're saying <laughs> or what you've actually said in the feedback i'm just going off on a little bit of a tangent so don't correlate them but what i was learning from that conversation is that even when i'm watching a show well, i guess it's a little bit you know you have this inherent bias to root for the black character <laughs> um and it's because you you didn't grow up seeing a lot more black people on screen versus someone like my daughter who's seen a lot more black people on screen so it's not inherently her to just be mega defending this black character or automatically rooting for them or automatically seeing what more of their particular story or so on and so forth it opens your mind that without certain biases that people can see things in a different manner um and she also doesn't like nora just so you guys know these things <laughs> uh she finds nora very very annoying and mainly it's because the way she treated iris and the way she be all up barry's asshole so it's just the things that uh culturally through the generations the things that matter and don't matter uh continue to be an interesting conversation to have going back to the show though because I, I will just go into the straight um rabbit hole of that what i was meaning to say is <laughs> when we started this and she was talking about how barry's immature and he's annoying and this that another thing and i says i think it's sometimes for us watching tv we automatically want our protagonist to be perfect when in, re in all reality our antagonist or protagonist should be someone who grows so they should be someone who comes with natural flaws natural things so that over time and over seasons you see them grow as people and they can't do that if you automatically start them off it's this person that would never do this or never do that you've already boxed in your character before you have a chance to really service them as they should be servicing it should be an ascension of being the hero not just you're the hero that to say with lydia her life has she's had this comfortability with russ being her partner their close bond and their friendship and their successful she's she's lived in a place where she's not had to grow because she's in a comfortable place and with these swapping of partners having to deal with other people listen to them so she needs that that differing it, it's almost like a benefit to have her have to bounce off other people because with russ it's so easy so for it to be difficult she needs to have a person that it isn't so easy with all the time and the fact that she is uh going through even the ones that she wanted like she liked the other guy they finally got along but that was you know she liked uh the one dude because he reminded her of russ but now she's also back in that uncomfortable place and she has to be okay with it which is why she was able to take his news and not shatter the way she did before that's to show her own personal growth at the end of the season that's how i took it anyway um as far as uh things being on my screen that i don't want to see or know about i get that's just yeah i feel like that's always going to come in television <laughs> 
but I hear what you're saying about Kimmy and teenagers and all of that. That's what I said. I, my default is always to play devil's advocate. It's not to invalidate what anyone is feeling. And I feel like no matter how much I try to do it, it still makes the other person feel invalid. Like I'm saying, no, you shouldn't feel that way. No, you feel the way you feel, even if you haven't communicated why you feel that way. But because you haven't, I always feel the need to put in there. I'm just like that. That's just my personality. I'm working on it. (laughs) But it is also because I need to see things from just not my knee jerk reaction, but three sided as well. Um, you were ta- when you were talking about your your kids and teenagers in general. I was laughing because you for five seconds reminded me of my mama. Because <laughs> it's like, why can't they just listen? <laughs> and I am so the opposite. I'm just like, they gonna fuck up. They just this is what they're gonna do. Yes, it's frustrating. Yes, I'll be cursing them out in my bedroom, but I'm also like not thinking that they're <laughs> that this is gonna change the tale <laughs> that's as old as time so i think that's just maybe my stress my stress mechanism to deal with it uh is by simply you know rationalizing irrational behavior because i can't think about the irrational behavior because it's not going to be it's not going to make sense to me <laughs> my mom does that a lot so we're just talking to mom was like I get that you're trying to make this make sense, but it's not supposed to, and it's not going to, (laughs) but it has happened. (laughs) I know that burns her guts all the time, and she always looks at me like, I don't get why you don't get this. I was like, I'm pretty sure I go through it. I just, it's easier seeing it from the other side of things when it's not happening to you. That's all (laughs) in that moment. But yeah, um, and lastly, you know what? You said something that, it's so relevant that I've heard a lot of about the fact that a lot of um, with season finales are expectations of season finale. Because I said the same exact thing. I was like, this really wasn't a season finale as far as, you know, nothing is making you super excited for the next season. And that's what we we're expecting a finale to do, because that's technically just what we've been trained. But I also feel in writing, it's been the same way. But then I paused and realized, no, actually, it's not. It doesn't have to be. I've read enough books to tell me otherwise that it doesn't like you reach a crescendo and then it's supposed to level out. So it doesn't need to actually end with a punch. It doesn't need to hit so many highs in the way you're expecting with that high level of drama to occur. And uh, so I'm reevaluating is basically where I'm going with this is my ideas of finales because is that on me or is that on the on the 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 writers and the what the film is because i feel like if it's i don't feel like this was a bad finale though it's not a finale in the way i would expect a finale to go and you said the same thing it was a good episode but why is it the only thing that we're separating it from being a good finale is because it didn't have that that stress level anxiety type of action that we would expect in a finale but maybe we shouldn't be expecting that is my thought experiment um because we did get a lot of resolution we finally had 
the whole sal situation that's been going on for two seasons the wife finally knows she's no longer in the dark we had lydia finally coming to the resolution that she can let russ go and still be okay i even feel like at the end of the penultimate episode with with uh sammy i think that he realized that him and his wife are just not on the same page when it comes to a lot of things and nate got to have resolution with his whole daughter daughter situation so there were a lot of things that actually got closed and it's more appropriate because the same thing eric wallace i just recently finished that interview where he was saying about season nine being the last episode or season of the flash that he's not going to write it with an expectation of a season 10 because that wasn't wouldn't be fair he has to write it with the expectation that he gives resolution to everything and it doesn't need to be dependent upon another season for it to be a conclusion and i actually think that's a smarter way to write television even if it's a less sparky type of expectation of finales that one would expect so i guess that's the reason why i'm giving myself a thought experiment because i do agree with you it's not a finale in the way that oh man this is all leading to something that i'm about to really be so excited for season three to get into it's more like okay here's a few open doors like the john situation like that's clearly we see how that's predicted to be because we just watched it continue uh, happen for two seasons um but other than that for the most part and then we had you know cheeky and i know you said it was good for her to the whole lecture part you saw that a little bit differently as well of him just bullying and him being a hypocrite and he is uh to a certain extent but i do think that up to this point we've not seen him or at least i guess what's your definition of addiction right if you smoke every day are you addicted or you just like to smoke a cigarette every day there are people who smoke that are not addicted to the cigarettes my mom is one of them so i know for a fact it's true my sister is also someone who smokes is not addicted to nicotine like if you were to take a pack of cigarettes from her for one day she wouldn't freak out it wouldn't be a thing to her but i think that john started off here's the catch 22 not being addicted him just needing it to get through his day but he doesn't want to go on the record and do it because then that'll just bench him because it's essentially the same thing that's what the doctor gonna do and give them same damn drug pills highly addicted drug pills the pharmaceutical uh, companies are responsible for more addicts than the the fucking people pushing heroin okay that's just facts so for me and the way i see it because of that the idea that you're just getting them from a guy on the street versus your doctor they're both drug dealers but if you are taking them as prescribed then that doesn't mean you're necessarily addicted to them you just need them to be able to function uh but that's a that's a whole other conversation i'm sure you have a lot more insight on that i would love to get your thoughts on um because that is a fascinating conversation of when does it become toxic i think that after this most recent injury that it's now at the because he's fucked i mean he's all the way fucked he's fucked in a way we haven't seen him at all in two seasons and i think that's the turning point right there when you start to need more than just the prescribed so if you want to send feedback for our next episode of southland blackercouch at gmail.com you can leave a comment below on this podcast my social media will be there as well 
Remember to like, share, and subscribe. And until the next time, peace, hair grease, and black or magic.